Well, today marks one year since Russia launched that full-scale invasion of Ukraine. And during that time, the United Nations says more than 8,000 civilians have been killed, including hundreds of children. Although, to be honest, the true death toll is unknown and is actually thought to be much higher than that. And of course, there's military casualties on both sides. And, you know, the thinking on that is that they could be climbing into the hundreds of thousands of people. And in all that horror, there are, though, also some signs of hope. So our Jeff Semple recently returned from a trip to Ukraine, and he joins us now to tell us about that. Hello, Jeff. Hey, good morning, Simi. Now, Jeff, you went to Ukraine last March in the early days of the war. Now you've recently been back. How have things changed in the last 12 months? Well, so much has changed, of course, and it's you know incredible to think back that we woke up this time last year to what was then a full-scale invasion of Ukraine, and it really felt like every inch of that country was suddenly under attack. But as we know, of course, Russia's invasion has not gone according to its plan. It now controls about 17% of Ukraine. That number, though, is down significantly from the early days of the war. Most of that territory is concentrated in the south and the east, where we see continue to see some of the worst fighting. Um, we visited some of those communities that are just, some of them just post-apocalyptic, completely blown apart. But even in cities that are further away from the front lines, like the capital, Kiev, for example, people there trying to carry on, they're going to work, they're eating in restaurants, but you know, every day they're hearing these air raid sirens, warning of incoming Russian missile strikes. And every day we're seeing more funerals, burying young Ukrainian men and women who are killed in the fighting. Uh, one of the soldiers uh, told me that it's become sort of a, a disgusting new normal for the Ukrainian people to live in this way. So they are traumatized. They are emotionally exhausted. But incredibly, I have to say, they are they remain defiant. And even more than we saw, I think, this time last year when we were there, it, it, the resolve of the Ukrainian people seems to have only gotten stronger. I mean, you can hear it in their voices and see it in their eyes. They are so many of them are not willing to give Russia an inch if that were to mean bringing an end to the war. Wow, that is remarkable. Now, I understand that you've been working on a special report that's going to air tomorrow on the new reality. So, and it's about a Ukrainian community that is located next to a Russian occupied power plant? Yeah, a pretty sick twist in this conflict. We visited the small city, a mining city of Marhanets, um, which sits on the Dnipro River in south central Ukraine. And just across the river on the other side is the Zaporizhia nuclear plant. It's Europe's largest nuclear facility, six reactors, and it has been under Russian control since the first days of the invasion. And Russia has rebuffed all attempts from world leaders and the United Nations to agree to a essentially demilitarized buffer zone around a nuclear plant to you know, try and prevent it from being hit uh, and possibly sparking a nuclear meltdown. But instead, the Russians have essentially been using that nuclear plant as an army base from which to launch attacks at nearby communities, including this city we visited of Marhanets. Uh, so it, knowing full well that the Ukrainians wouldn't dare return fire because or potentially retaliation could be suicidal. And as a result, this little city has been taking a pounding. It has been shelled relentlessly for months, hundreds of homes destroyed, the hospital there completely overwhelmed. But incredibly, we found that that little community in Ukraine is receiving a lifeline from another community right there in British Columbia. And so we'll bring you that part of the story tomorrow on the new reality on Global. Well, that was a very good tease because now I really want to hear all about this tomorrow. <laughs> but it, what also strikes me about this, Jeff, too, is that there are stories of hope, it seems like. 
Yeah, I mean, we visited uh, one small city in, uh, or we, sorry, one southern city called Kherson, uh, which was a big victory for the Russians in the first day of the in, first days of the invasion this time last year. It was a regional capital that they captured and held for more than eight months. Uh, so a major victory that turned into a major embarrassment for Vladimir Putin in November a few months ago when the Ukrainian military took her son back. And we found that they were able to do that in part thanks to this underground resistance in the city. Ordinary Ukrainian civilians who were, you know, fighting back, organizing protests, uh, you know, marking Ukrainian flags all over the city in secret. And eventually they started feeding information about Russian positions and coordinates to the Ukrainian military, which in the end helped Ukraine take the city back. So a pretty incredible story and a real testament to that now world famous Ukrainian resilience. Oh, wow. I look forward to uh, seeing this. Jeff, thanks so much for that. Thanks so much, Simi. That is Jeff Semple, senior correspondent with Global National News. Now, there's lots of in-depth coverage of the Ukraine war anniversary with the stories as well that Jeff just talked about. So watch the new reality followed by a global news special, Ukraine, One Year at War. It is on Saturday, so that is tomorrow starting at 7 p.m. Make sure you check that out, those stories that Jeff talked about. Really quite remarkable that people can still have some hope in light of what's been happening there.